When I first took the dog trainer certification test, I was just coming out of a toxic working environment in the spring of 2019. I failed. Hey, hi, hello, I'm Elizabeth Silverstein, a certified professional dog trainer located in Little Rock, Arkansas. Getting my certification has been three years in the making, and I'm excited to share why I pursued it and what it means for my clients. Telltale Dog, the podcast, is a way for me to provide value through sharing my own stories and those of other pet professionals and dog owners. This week is all about the letters that people throw behind their names when it comes to dog training. Mine are now CPDT. K-A, which means Certified Professional Dog Trainer, Knowledge Accessed. You can see my listing on the Certification Council for Professional Dog Trainers, CCPDT website. I'll link that in my blog post and in the description below. I wanted to become a certified trainer because of the strenuous requirements that show I am constantly learning and developing my skills according to a set standard and that I am treating my clients with respect and care. After I failed the first time, I wanted to try again after working on my weak spots because I believe the certification is a way for me to progress and bring value to my clients, particularly in a field with no regulation. And for the pet industry, that includes food, treats, toys, harnesses, collars, all of that. Training is something, again, that just has no oversight or consistent standard. Everything started three years ago in 2017 when I joined the Philly Unleashed team and started working as an intern at Farm Camp in Southern New Jersey. Professional to me just means that I earned actual money while doing the thing. And uh, did I? I assisted with six classes a week and worked three to four days on the farm handling a ton of dogs, including a lot with behavioral issues. Being paid to learn and train is not the norm for most people trying to become a dog trainer. Most of the time, internships are unpaid, just like a lot of other fields, or there are educational routes that can cost a few thousand dollars. Philly Unleashed had a special setup, and it was really the only way I could have become a dog trainer later in life because I, you know, needed money and whatnot to live. As most know, dog training is an unregulated field. Anyone can put up a shingle, as they say, and start working as a dog trainer. All they have to do is find clients, and if they're charismatic enough or confident enough, they usually can. Philly Unleashed has a really great structured process that walks their employees through all of the steps to become a certified professional dog trainer. They also build into it all the ways that people think they know dogs, uh, as I did. I thought I'd done all the research and knew all the things when I became a dog training intern. Because at that point, my dog Jeeves was five years old. We'd been through all the classes, including earning a canine good citizen title together. I learned very quickly how little I knew. It was not only learning a whole new language, but it was creative problem solving and moving my body in a way that made my head hurt for the first six months. I had to learn multiple ways to teach the same cue and figure out how a particular dog was motivated. Was it kibble, praise, play, treats, cheese, or peanut butter? Because I am a little bit older than most trainers are when they first start professional training, it was a detriment at first. If I had been able to become a dog trainer when I was in my early 20s, I would have been so much more advanced by now in my early 30s. But also, because I did become a trainer later on, I understand a bit more of the difficulties and complexities of learning something new. Dog training is hard. Like the owner of Philly and Leash likes to say, Nicole Skian, it's simple but not easy. And it's tricky trying to find a dog trainer. Does the alphabet soup behind their name really matter? 
Let's take a look at a few of them. The first I wanted to take a look at was the Karen Pryor Academy, and I'll link that below and in the blog posts. KPA has nearly 2,000 certificates with the designation of DTP, Dog Trainer Professional. Karen Pryor Academy is a fun one because it's super technical. They use clicker training as a foundation. I don't personally teach with clickers, although I'm happy to teach clients in private lessons because I found that clickers plus treats plus leashes plus everything else can be a lot to expect everyone to handle. It's it, There's a lot going on with dog training, but it is an excellent advanced skill to have and Karen Pryor has a lot of fantastic resources for folks to continue learning. This program also boasts Ken Ramirez. He is the EVP and chief training officer and he's a very skilled trainer who often offers a lot of additional value through resources like weekly interviews. I have his book, Better Together, which is a fantastic anthology of information from various trainers. KPA also helps people learn to, to, to train other people and their dogs while helping them build a business, which are all three very distinct but interwoven skills. Not only do trainers have to know how to train dogs themselves, but they also have to know how to teach other people how to do it. And then they also have to know how to build a whole business, being able to do both of those things. And they're all different things. KPA has a six month program that costs uh, just over $5,000 as of writing this. The next one is the Association of Professional Dog Trainers. That's the APDT. I want to point out, because I often see the Association of Professional Dog Trainers logos on quite a few websites, that being a member of this association is not at all like being certified. Anyone interested in learning more, connecting with others, or even just getting started on their dog training journey can pay a fee to join the association, even at the professional level designation. I am a member of the APDT, and I became a member before I was certified. The definition of association is just multiple people gathering together under a common cause of interest, and that's what the APDT does. Having these initials after a name does not indicate any formalized training or certification, but it is an excellent resource. In fact, they include some good information on how to become a dog trainer, which I'll also link in the description box and include on the blog post. The APDT also recently decided that they are going to offer some ways to search through dog trainers to find out who offers the Lima approach to dog training, which is the least intrusive, minimally aversive aspect of training instead of starting just with tools right off the bat. And there's some controversy about tools and how we use tools and when do we start with tools and all that. And I'm gonna be getting into that more in podcasts down the line, but I did want to point out this is a recent thing that the APDT did within the past month. It's January 2021. And so that was interesting. There's now going to be a way just for people to search through methods and for dog trainers to showcase that they're using that Lima method effectively. The third is the International Association of Canine Professionals. This is one I don't know very much about. It is the IACP, and it's a good example of how an association can also offer professional certification, unlike the one I just mentioned. This program offers the letters IACP, CDPT, or Certified Dog Trainer Certification. This means at least two years of experience with dog training and at least six months of being a member of the IACP. There's also a CDT exam, which after passing means the dog training candidate can take the CDTA or Certified Dog Trainers Advanced Exam, which requires a video evaluation of skills, which is a cool element to include. Book learning doesn't always mean skills have been absorbed. Number four, this is the Animal Behavior College. 
Those who learn through the Animal Behavior College can expect to pay anywhere from $3,399 to just over $5,500 to earn the letters A, B, C, D, T, or Animal Behavior College Dog Trainer. This program starts with book learning and then moves on to hands-on work and job shadowing. Some people learn best this way, but I personally found it was best to go the other way, learn the hands-on stuff under the eye of an experienced trainer, and then learn all the learning theory behind it, which is how I did it through the CC. PDT, which is number five, the Certification Council for Professional Dog Trainers. The CCPDT is one of the most popular ways to become a dog trainer and has nearly 4,000 certified trainers. It offers two different ways to get those letters, CPDTKI, CPDTKA, and CPDTKSA. I am a KA or Knowledge Assess Trainer. This means I've, I've documented over 300 hours and Last time I added up all my hours, I had over 1,000 of dog training within the past three years. I passed an exam of 250 questions and I submitted an attestment statement from a CPDT member or veterinarian and I signed a code of ethics. The CPDTKSA, or the Knowledge and Skills Assessed, is an extra level that includes all of the KA stuff plus submitting video. To maintain both certifications, continuing education units, or CEUs, are required, or the test must be retaken every three years. The exam itself costs $385, and since I failed the first time, I had to pay that fee twice, which was a little bit of an oof moment for me. I first took the test in the spring of 2019 as I'd gotten my hours my pretty much my first year as a dog trainer working on the farm. The skills side of things was never in question for me. It was all the book stuff that got me, especially I was coming out of a very emotional, challenging work environment, and I was not in the right headspace. I shouldn't have taken the test. But I wanted to share that I failed the first time because it's human to fail. I have a lot of clients who are very hard on themselves and I try to coach everyone through that while also letting them know that yes, you can you can do it. You can fail or mess up with your dog and try again. My failing the test the first time wasn't an indicator of how good of a dog trainer I am. It just meant that I need to study more and then try again. It's okay. Simply put, training is communication. Do you need your dog to learn something or do you need to get to the source of complex aggression, reactivity, or anxiety? While there can be overlap between training and behavior, teaching a dog to walk without pulling on a leash is different than figuring out why a dog might be shaking uncontrollably. And shaking uncontrollably might be a medical issue, not a training issue. While there's a lot of overlap between behavior and training, behaviorists or behavior consultants are a bit different than dog trainers and often have advanced degrees. The Spruce Pets, which I'll link, has a great breakdown on trainers versus behaviorists and it helps you figure it out. Do you need someone who knows behavior inside and out or is training enough for you and your dog? The most simple answer is that you may have to have some conversations first. I have several other trainers that I refer to when I have a client who may be outside my wheelhouse of expertise. Not all trainers can help with everything. So simply put, an animal behavior should have formal advanced education and can be considered a pet psychologist. They understand abnormalities in behavior and can help owners understand their dog. A veterinary behaviorist is more of an animal psychiatrist. Most veterinarians can assist with medication, but a veterinarian who specializes in behavior will also be able to help with behavior modification and provide a plan moving forward to manage and adapt the behavior. As always, you should start with your veterinarian anyway if a new behavior develops suddenly. A lot of issues, including biting, can actually stem from pain. In general, behaviorists should have formalized training and be well equipped to handle your need. Do your research and ask a lot of questions to make sure you're well on your way before you let anyone handle your dog. Last of all, how does experience play into being a dog trainer? 
So this can mean a great deal, but without ongoing learning of new methods and how science impacts what we currently think we know, experience only widens a world as big as the trainer allows it to. All trainers should be constantly reading and learning and growing in their skills as a dog trainer. What we think we see from a human perspective in dogs doesn't always reflect what is actually happening, which is why we need to consume the experiences and expertise of, of others through books, seminars, videos, and podcasts. Even if you see the letters behind a dog trainer's name, find the directory that they should be listed in and make sure they're still in it. It's easy to let a certification expire. Or, like hanging out a shingle, anyone can throw letters behind their name. Question should always make the shingles fall. If you can't find an organization connected to letters, then ask the trainer about them. They should be able to clearly explain. This has been Telltale Dog, the podcast with your host, Elizabeth Silverstein, certified professional dog trainer of Telltale Dog Training in Little Rock, Arkansas. Music has been provided by Jim Chiago, 7 Second Chance. Catch him on iTunes or Spotify. What certifications have you been seeing floating around? Send them to me and I'll take a look-see. I'm always interested in what's out there. And as always, thanks for being here.